When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Dr. Chad Brown has the medicine to fix the Dallas Cowboys offense. We're going to get to that, but Kevin in Toronto, he's got something to say about the show. Kevin, Kev, what you got, my friend? Yeah, we can't. Unfortunately, we can't hear his phone call because Kevin sounded a little low there. So we'll try to get him back. If not, you know, Kevin, appreciate the phone call. Appreciate whatever love you have for the show. Help me. Oh. <laughs> Savage. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You can't wait to be a part of it. It's known as Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. In 10 minutes, we're going to combine one of our producers, NFL Week 6, and a Dave Matthews song and bring that all together, and you're going to be so satisfied when you hear it. That comes your way in about 10 minutes. Week six kicking off tonight. You got the Denver Broncos taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, a 10-and-a-half-point favorite, Chad, going into this game. We know that the Broncos, that's been a surprise the opposite way with them being off to a one-and-four start. Ever since Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles on play four for the New York Jets, we've seen other surprises, good and bad. I'll give it both. What's been a bad surprise, and then what's been a good surprise so far to you in the first five weeks of the season? All right, bad surprise. I got to go with my New England Patriots. You know, I was a part of that organization for year 13 and 15 of my career. Uh, I regard Bill Belichick as one of the greatest coaches or the greatest coach of all time. And to see how poorly they are performing, how poorly the offense is performing, scored 20 week one, scored zero in week five. They've gotten less points every single week. Last time I checked, you can't go negative in a game, but they might this week. (laughs) That's how bad their offense has been. Uh, So I would say the Patriots are my bad surprise. And on the positive side, maybe this is not a huge surprise, but I'm going to go with the Lions being four and one. Uh, The star of the season upset the Chiefs on the opening night of the NFL season. They are legit. They are real. Dan Campbell has got that organization marching to the same beat. They are tough. They are physical. They play with the correct, they play the, the game the correct way. And if the game plan's not working out for them, they are okay just to beat you up. Okay. My pleasant surprise, I'm going to sit on Brock Purdy. That was what I like to say, Purdy, Brock mm-hmm. Purdy, the quarterback of San Francisco 49ers. Not that he's succeeding but that he's looked like that kind of playmaker in that offense. Because I knew he was going to get better. I didn't know how exponentially that was going to happen, but I expected it. But the fact that he has looked like that kind of playmaker, Kyle Shanahan looks at him and says, whoa, I can really open the playbook now with this guy. He's not going to be that big, strong thrower, but the throws he can make are the throws that put his playmakers in position to run with the football. You never, ever see – him throwing the football chat so far this season where a guy has to wait for it, guy has to reach back for it. It's always on the mobile, always in transition, always on the fly. I go back to that Cowboys game on Sunday where he has Debo Samuel over under route, deep in over across the middle. 
and he just keeps running. All of a sudden, a 15-yard play becomes a 25-yard play. Same thing with Brendan Ayuk, where he hits him across the middle. A a 5-yard play becomes a 15-yard play. And then they run the Philly special, calling it a San Francisco treat. And he hits George Kittle in stride. Kittle didn't have to wait for the football, had to reach back, put it right on his face mask, and he runs into the end zone. I knew Brock Purdy was going to continue to quiet the skeptics when it came to people questioning him exactly what kind of quarterback was he going to be. I don't think anybody saw this, what we've seen from him in the first five weeks of the season. So to me, that's been the good surprise. The bad surprise been the Dallas Cowboys, the way they looked offensively. I know they're glad to be three and two, but they kept telling us, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, in preseason, oh, we're going to be a better offense. We're going to be more balanced. We're going to be more effective. We're going to be more of a quick striking offense. We're going to run the football, get the ball out playmakers. Still waiting for it. Still looking for it. You got a guy like CeeDee Lamb that you have been less than ideal when it comes to being creative to get him the football to be the playmaker that you drafted in the first round when he fell to you not too long ago. Now, I don't know if Dak Prescott misses Amari Cooper that much or Dalton Schultz, who was his, he was his safety, his security blanket at tight end, whatever that is. But I did not think I would see a disconnect, especially when, hey, Mike McCarthy, you fooled me. You told me, hey, we got to get off. We got to move on with Kellen Moore. He's not helping my quarterback. I'm going to help my quarterback. I'm going to make my quarterback better. I'm going to make this offense better. I haven't seen the first three weeks. Now, maybe they get their head out of their proverbial you-know-what and find a way to be more creative or get the playmakers of football in better positions starting Monday night against the Los Angeles Chargers. But until I actually see it, I just wonder, Chad, how much of this could be the same old, same old Dallas. You tell us one thing, and results tell us something different, and normally those results are not good for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that could actually be the case. Uh, the, the, the conversation from Jerry Jones and uh, Dax the guy and, and all that, of course the owner's supposed to say that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's far too many Cowboy fans who, who look at life through Cowboy glasses, and they can't see the situation for what it is. Your wins this year have been against some of the worst teams in football. The one time you played a true contender, the team that knocked you out the playoffs last year, they beat the brakes off of you. Yeah. So you've got to find a way to raise up your level of game to match the level of, of optimism and of expectations. Uh, and to go back to the Brock Purdy thing, mm-hmm. um, I was on the call for the San Francisco-Miami game last year, December 4th, mm-hmm. for the national radio call. And Brock Purdy became the first Mr. Irrelevant to complete a pass <laughs> in an NFL game. <laughs> then he became the first Mr. Irrelevant to score, to, to have a pass caught for a touchdown in an NFL game. Then he became the first Mr. Irrelevant to win a game as a quarterback. And he's done nothing but win ever s- since then yeah. outside of the loss in the playoffs where he was knocked out of the game. So I came into the season with very high expectations for Brock Purdy. Okay. He's the exact right quarterback for Kyle Shanahan and this offense. It does not require exceptional arm strength. It does not require yeah. exceptional athleticism. There are plenty of playmakers on that team. Mm-hmm. Get them the ball. Let them be great athletes. Right. Let them do all those other things. You just make great decisions, deliver the ball accurately, and particularly on time so they can catch and run, as you were talking about, Freddie, and allow those athletes to turn a five-yard catch into a 15-yard post catch yardage pickup. So that's the kind of things that Brock Purdy allows him to do. Going back to that game, and I'll never forget after that game happened, and they win that football game against Miami, and people say, this is a great story, this is this. I said, here's the one thing that you need to recognize. San Francisco told us exactly how they feel about Brock Purdy. I remember doing this with Ian Fitzsimmons. He goes, what do you mean? I said, they let him throw that ball around the park more than 30 times. They wouldn't even let Jimmy Garoppolo do that with a full week of a game plan. They told me exactly how much faith they had in Brock Purdy to say, you know what? 
We know Miami tries to stop our running game. We feel confident this guy can go out there and we're going to let him loose. He threw that ball close to 35 times and completed over 25, 26 passes. And I said, hmm, I'm going to do my Brian Windhorst. Now, why, why would the 49ers do that when it comes to Brock Purdy? Because they knew exactly that he was going to make that work. They say, hey, we let him loose, he'll be fine. We don't have to worry about dumbing down the playbook for him. And that playbook kept getting more and more expanded until, to your point, the NFC Championship game where not one but two quarterbacks were knocked out by the Philadelphia Eagles defense. So if he was able to do that in game one, that told me, Chad, all I needed to know when they let him in against the Miami Dolphins and said, we're not going to go to an Army, Air Force, Navy wishbone. We're not going to go to a, a, a flexbone offense. Hey, this is the game plan. You know what the game plan is? Go out there and make it work. And he did exactly that by letting him throw the ball around the park all that time in the first game he played in an NFL uniform. I caught a couple of his games at Iowa State. And, again, there was, there was not this eye-popping arm strength. There Absolutely. Wasn't, there wasn't like, oh, my gosh, there's a cannon for an arm or he's an amazing athlete. He was just a quarterback who played within the system, delivered the ball on time, and played with efficiency. But most importantly, he played with really high football IQ. Mm-hmm. He brought that from college into the NFL, and Kyle Shanahan has crafted his offense in a place where he can be incredibly successful. No doubt about that. If anything, his journey reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming – and people said, man, why the Buffalo Bills drafting this guy that high? He only completed less than 57% of his passes in college. People failed to realize that three of his top four wide receivers had graduated the year before, and the wide receiver he really needed was injured at times that season in Wyoming. He was essentially throwing the castoffs when it came to that senior season, but he was still an accurate quarterback. He just didn't have guys that can make those kind of plays. Brock Purdy kind of went through the same thing where a lot of guys that he was counting on didn't have the best of senior seasons when he was there, and people used that against him. Both of those guys have been able to thrive despite those naysayers when it comes to Josh Allen and Buffalo. And now Purdy, Brock Purdy with the San Francisco 49ers. Real quick, Anthony and George has something to say about the Dallas Cowboys at 888-729-3776. Anthony and George, what you got on Freddie and Harry with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown on ESPN Radio? Man, thank you for taking my call. I am a diehard Cowboys fan, and and any any real Cowboys fan will agree with me. Dak does have the it factor. He ain't it. We've been saying this. You said something about Purdy that he throws it on time. He doesn't throw the passes behind, low. He hits receivers in stride. Since Dak has been the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, if you look at his crossing route passes, passes, even when Amari was there, he throws them late, behind, high, behind, Receivers are always slowing down for the ball. And then when you have receivers wide open down the field, he overthrows them. And that San Francisco game, going into the halftime, mm-hmm. receiver wide open, five yards in front of the uh, in front of the safety, and Dak throws the ball over his head and leads him out of bounds with the ball. If he, if he throws the ball a foot in, in bounds, he, that receiver's running down the sideline wide to a touchdown untouched. He, threw, he overthrew three touch wide-open touchdown passes in that game. He, I don't know if his eyesight is bad. He doesn't have timing. His footwork is crazy. If you look, every time he throws off, it's like he's launching off his back foot, like he hopping in the air and kicking one foot in the air. <laughs> Dak has the it. He ain't it. I'll say this about Dak Prescott. I'm not going to say anything in Georgia that you're wrong. I think he's fighting the football. And what I mean by that is he's gripping the football too tight because of the pressure. 
Mm-hmm. We've seen that with baseball players with pitchers are gripping the ball too tight and they don't throw the prerequisite right kind of pitches to get batters out. Or batters holding the bat too tight because the pressure is getting to them and they're afraid to fail. For my money, Chad, it seems to me, at least right now, that Dak Prescott is fighting the football and not allowing the football to be a compliment to him and vice versa. I like that. I, I, I like that. And, and your, your body reacts. The body keeps score with your, what your, your brain is thinking. So if you are tight, if you are lacking confidence, if you are trying so hard and not, not relaxing your way through it, those are going to be the results where – you're behind on throws. You're overthrowing people. Oh, my gosh, he's open. Mm-hmm. Instead of, there he is, he's open, set my feet, release, <gasps> touchdown. That's how it should be. It should be in that very, you know, R-E-L-A-X, relax, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers kind of voice in your head. That's how it should be. You know, and I've talked to, I've coached up pass rushers for years. I'm like, you're moving so fast, you're combining all your moves together. Mm-hmm. Get upfield. Sell the tackle, get upfield. Now slap his outside hand down. Now bend the edge. If you upfield slap end, no, there's not enough time. You haven't allowed the process to happen. Right. I think to your point, Dak is gripping it too tight and rushing these things mentally. By the way, you got to patent that phrase, your body keeps score, because I've never heard that before. You got to patent that before, or trademark that, but somebody steals it from and tries to claim it as their own. <laughs> yeah, I got PTSD. That's happened to me before. He's Chad Brown and Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. It's time for us to combine a little Dave Matthews, the NFL, and Mark Morales, the proud graduate of Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut. It's weeks of the NFL, so he's going to throw scenarios at us, and it's, it's going to be titled. What would you say? All right, Mark Morales, the floor is yours. Let's do that courtesy of Week 6 in the NFL on ESPN Radio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get going. What would you say? If the Jets finally end their 0-12 all-time streak against the Eagles, Freddie? I'd faint. I wouldn't say anything. It'd be more of an action instead of like a talking because I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to be closer than people probably expect. The Eagles are really good. I think the Jets may be able to find their identity running the football and playing tough defense, and Zach Wilson starting to play a little bit more freer at quarterback. But I don't see this being 1-12. I would faint if the Jets find a way to break a 12-game losing streak against Philadelphia. I got to go with if that actually happens, then Zach Wilson has played the game of his career because the Jets <laughs> roster is talented. Their only deficiency is the quarterback position. What would you say? Chad, if the Lions beat the Bucks and go to one and five. Lions are for one. real. Five and one. Yeah. There we go. The Lions are for real. Dan Campbell is for real. Uh, I would have no doubt about that. I, I, again, I said they were my surprise positive team mm. of the season so far. I love the Lions. I love Dan Campbell, what he's put together. I think they can get it done. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't be surprised, mainly because I think the Lions may be a little bit closer to San Francisco and Philadelphia than people want to give them credit for because what they do travels, run the ball effectively, and their defense, they got eight or nine guys flying all over the place. Aiden Hutchinson, we know about him, but Anzalone has been terrific for this football team. And getting the kid, the Buckets Award went out of Iowa when it comes to Dan, when it comes to Campbell. He's been fantastic in the middle as well. They got pass rush. They got guys that can cover in the secondary. They are physical. They will hit you. If they're able to go to 5-1, and one, people better start realizing that maybe, just maybe, they're a little closer to Philadelphia than San Francisco. You want to give credit to when it comes to the Detroit Lions. What would you say? Freddie, if C.J. Stroud and the Texans make a playoff push. 
Apparently they dipped themselves in holy water. I didn't see four wins from this football team, but I felt they had the right two guys when it came to Coach D'Amico Ryans and also their quarterback, C.J. Stroud. But you look at their talent base. Other than the quarterback and head coach, they're really devoid of that kind of talent. You look at it and say, okay, they can build around, they can build around, they can build around. They essentially have two guys that can do that. But D'Amico Ryans with that culture has been so good at having guys play above either their talent grade or their evaluation grade. They go into games not hoping they can win. They go into games believing they can win. So, yeah, if they find a way to get into the playoffs with the roster's not where they wanted to be yet, the fact that they're two and three is a minor miracle with the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryan would have to be in the coach of the year conversation if that's actually going to happen. Uh, the, the, the first thing you do as a new head coach is you have to change the culture and raise the level of belief in the building. D'Amico Ryans has done that. He's brought that San Francisco positive culture with him to the Houston Texans, and they play that way. You know, I've been on teams where you would leave the locker room, and I could look at my teammates and go, well, that guy doesn't expect to win, and that guy doesn't expect to win. I think everyone on the Houston Texans is believing and expects to win when they go out there on Sundays and Mondays. What would you say? Chad, if the Giants actually beat Buffalo this weekend. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, then, uh, my goodness, the the poles have switched on the planet. <laughs> the rotation of the earth has gone the opposite way. <laughs> up is down and down is up and in is out. I mean, it, I just can't see a way where that that's going to work. Uh, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for, for Brian Dable. I, I've known him since he was with the New England Patriots. I was on the sideline when he was the offensive coordinator in Alabama, won a national championship. I love the guy, but Daniel Jones is not the kind of quarterback he wants, clearly as evidenced by their interactions on the sideline. Nothing about what I've seen from the Giants recently says they can beat Buffalo or this is going to be a successful season for them overall. Yeah, what he said. What would you say? All right, Freddie, if the Cowboys wet the bed again on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. That Jerry Jones radio show is going to be fantastic on Tuesday on 105.3 FM in Dallas because I guarantee you he can get past that a team has your number at least for that one game. That was a case of everything going right and the 49ers earned it and everything going wrong and the Cowboys earned that. But if you're going to go into a game where home field advantage won't be the Cowboys, but it's going to sound like a Cowboys home game. There are going to be a lot of Cowboys fans in that building at SoFi Stadium when they play the the Chargers. You lose to that team when many people believe you're going to rebound after the way you got beat last Sunday, that Tuesday, Jerry Jones radio show, 105.3, the fan in Dallas is going to be epic. There's one thing to lose. It's another thing to wet the bed. So obviously the Niners, Cowboys wet the bed against the Niners. If they do that against the Chargers, all this pressure, all this conversation with Dak Prescott gets ratcheted up even further. Mm. There will even be calls for Cooper Rush if this if they <laughs> wet the bed against the Chargers. So they've got to find a way. If they don't win, at least be competitive in this ballgame if they want to have any chance of silencing the noise and chaos around that team right now. What would you say? If the 49ers continue to ball out and remain undefeated, will Brock Purdy be in the MVP conversation, Chad? Absolutely. He, he deserves to be. 
Brock Purdy is a top three or four quarterback in the NFL right now. If it was a quarterback competition, I don't think he would win it. But if it's a quarterback playing competition, he absolutely is going to be in that conversation. He is getting the ball in his playmaker's hands. He's executing one of the most complex offenses in the NFL at an exceptionally high level. He does the right things. He makes the right choices. He puts his team in a position to win week in and week out. Isn't that what an MVP is supposed to do? Yeah, but I'll, I'll push back on this way. If the 49ers continue to ball and remain undefeated, it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey conversation in the most valuable play. And that's nothing against Brock Purdy because we know the MVP award is a quarterback award. You're going to have to be exceptional at another position to make sure you get that kind of love. But Christian McCaffrey, he makes this whole thing go. His ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, running between the tackles, popping it outside, underrated pass blocker. Christian McCaffrey for the last year said, oh, so this is what it looks like to be on a team that has a chance to win. And he's been the leading actor when it comes to that play regarding San Francisco. Yeah, pretty be in that conversation, but he'll be behind the running back when it comes to Chris McCaffrey in San Francisco. What would you say? All right, Freddie, if the Raiders blow out the Patriots this weekend and Mac Jones looks bad once again. You had this kind of press on Bill Belichick. Um, time to start over. Uh, you know, our quarterback. Uh, he, he's doing the best he can, and, and you know, we just we got our coached, we, we got all played, uh, we got all toughed. Um, we'll, we'll, he's still our quarterback, and, but but we, you know, we just we're just gonna have have, have to start over. Help me! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Bill Belichick would let the Darth Hoodie persona down for a press conference and give us. The media and some fans, some some realistic talking points here. I know you got to start over. I, I I know there's not a better quarterback situation in the building, or solution in the building, but uh, give us some realness. Drop the drop the act, Bill. Give us give it to us real. You're not a very good football team. We're not well coached. Our quarterback's not playing well, and I'm not sure if I can get this thing turned around this season. Yeah, and if he doesn't get it turned around this season, what's going to happen? Regarding him in the off season, that could be a question. That could be a question right now with that pocket still being empty. That pocket may get filled, but not to the liking of Bill Belichick. Great stuff by Chad Brown and also Mark Morales. Take a bow because you were part of. What would you say? Regarding the NFL going into Week Six on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at one eight hundred Progressive and Progressive.com. We're going to have an FOS friend of the show stop by and see if they can give us the answer to this question. Who is more to blame for the Broncos' slow start this season? The coach, Sean Payton, the quarterback, Russell Wilson, or something else? Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. So what is it going to look like in Denver tonight? They're a 10.5-point favorite against Kansas City on the road, trying to make sure that their slow start does not get any slower. We can't wait to have that kind of conversation with our man Darren McKee, longtime Denver Sports Talk host. He's actually in Chad Brown's house in the basement about ready to do this with us. Hit him on social media, DMAX Sports, CO for Colorado. Before, Dan, we get started with the Broncos and the blame game, I saw on your Twitter handle that you got wine and pizza ready for yes. tonight's game. So what kind of wine, what kind of pizza are we talking about here, brother? Dude, well, the pizza will be up to Chad because he's rich. Uh, the wine, <laughs> I joined a wine club because I know nothing about wine, so I just picked up a bottle. Hopefully it's good. I'm downstairs in Chad's basement, and his I, nobody can call me. So I have to walk outside of Ch- uh, Chad's palatial uh, mansion <laughs> in order to actually get on the phone with you, Freddie. But what an honor. And, yes, we're bringing wine and drinks to watch the Broncos. And the question is, is there enough wine and drinks to get us through this game with the Broncos and the Chiefs? <laughs> All right, D-Mac. Great setup there for what we're doing tonight. No question. What has gone wrong with the Broncos this season, in your opinion? Uh, it's actually relatively simple. It's run defense. It's not Russell Wilson, although that's flashy and everything. It's more basic. I mean, it's like when you go to a high school football game and you just know that one team has no chance against the other team because they can't stop the most fundamental basic thing of football, and that's the run. I've been covering the NFL for 30 years, and I've never seen anything quite like it. I've just never seen a team so inept at stopping the run, and it's so fundamental. And I talked to Sean Payton and Josie Jewell and to Justin Simmons, and they all say it's simple. Mm-hmm. Vance Joseph, it's simple. Vance Joseph, Freddie, Chad, described it as bizarre that he can't stop the run and what's happening is happening. Well, I wish it was more complicated than that, fellas, but it's really seriously that simple. Well, great stuff about Darren McKee, longtime Denver Sports Talk Show host, also in the basement of Chad Brown, part of Freddie and Harry with Freddie Cohen and Chad Brown on ESPN Radio. Staying right there because a lot of people will try to shift the blame when it comes to the slow start to Russell Wilson, the quarterback, or Sean Payton, the head coach. But how much blame should Vance Joseph be involved in since he's the defensive coordinator of a defense that last year was really good, and this year is the opposite of that? I don't know, Freddie. When you tell your kids not to stick their finger in the socket, and they stick their finger in the socket, 
and you tell them not to stick their finger in the socket, <laughs> and then they get their finger wet and they stick it in the socket. Well, what exactly are you supposed to do? I mean, he's going to be the fall guy at the end of the day. And let me tell you about Russell Wilson. He's not the problem, but sadly, he's not the answer. And they need superstar quarterback play to, to, to overcome what they're going through now. And he's just not a superstar quarterback. So, yeah, DJ's probably going to take the fall. I mean, it ain't good. I mean, we are talking historically bad. Not just bad this year, historically bad. So I, I'm going to assume, you know, the bye week comes right before the trade deadline for the Broncos, right after week eight. And my guess, you're going to lose to the Chiefs two out of three times. I don't know what you're going to do against the Packers. But if you're lucky, guys, you're two and six at the break. All right, we saw Sean Payton uh, rip into Russell Wilson a little bit after Russell Wilson's fumble that was picked up for a Jets touchdown. What's the state of that relationship between those guys who are under a lot of pressure from the outside? It's not great. I don't think. I don't think there's any bond. I don't think there's any common denominator between the two. Russell Wilson during training camp lost weight. He looks good. He's playing better. But he didn't want to tell us how much weight he lost. We got, we got Sean Payton, Kay Adams comes to town, and Sean's like, yeah, Russell's lost 15 pounds. Like, oh, well, that's a fact that Russell didn't want to tell anybody, and it's a lot of stuff like that. Going to Jared Bell of USA Today, calling Nathaniel Hackett the worst coach since, you know, God's green earth came to uh, be. Okay, wow. what happened there? Losing by 50. What happened there? I think the same issue with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson is the same issue Sean Payton has with everybody. There's no connection, guys. There's none. And you see what D'Amico Ryans is doing down there in Houston. And you see what other coaches, look at what New York's doing, okay, mm-hmm. with Salah and Hackett. You don't think those players wanted to play for those fellas last Sunday? Where is the connection out there at Dove Valley? I don't see it, and I'm out there almost every day. Oh, great. So Darren McKee, longtime Denver Sports Talk radio host. By the hit him on Twitter, DMAC Sports CEO, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and staying with Russell Wilson. We both firmly believe, meaning me and Chad Brown, that we're not going to have an Iron Man 2 sequel involving Russell Wilson and Sean Payton together. What is your, I mean, we know what our body language and our eyes tell us, but if that's going to be the case, then what for the Denver Broncos if this continues that way, another losing season, and then you have to find a quarterback not named Russell Wilson? Thank for Caleb or pray for me. What can I tell you, fellas? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do a complete rebuild, it's got to start at the quarterback position. And let me tell you, the numbers are daunting when it comes to cap hits, salaries, Russell Wilson, all that jazz. It ain't pretty. But the fire sale is on. They just got rid of uh, Randy Gregory. They're getting ready to get rid of Frank Frank Clark. Who knows who's next? So, again, um, I, I think that's the direction it's going. Um, so, I, I, if Russell Wilson isn't the answer, if Russell Wilson can't save the day, then seriously, guys, what's the point? And it's not like he's terrible. They're averaging like 24 points a game. He's okay. It's just that where's that superhuman guy to rescue us? And that's not here. So likely you got to start all over again. And, guys, let me ask you this. Do you think Sean Payton wants to be part of that rebuild? No. 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 They're not paying that kind of money, Darren, to be a rebuilding coach. That's not how those prices are going to work. Right. right. That's right. Yes. Uh, the, the, obviously, the Chiefs are a tough test tonight. They have other tough tests coming later this season. Is there any path forward where this Bronco team can be uh, anywhere near the preseason expectations that were, that were had for them? Well, you know, it's funny about the Broncos and the Chiefs. They always kind of play the Chiefs tough no matter what. So, listen, I'm not going to be surprised if it's relatively close. 
really, seriously, after all this, it wouldn't shock me because a lot of the games have been close against the Chiefs. But, I mean, the Chiefs <laughs> are just in a such a different stratosphere than the Broncos now. So, again, um, we've got our bottle of wine, Chad. I can get let back into your house relatively soon. <laughs> and I think every time I think every time they put Taylor Swift on TV, uh, maybe we should uh, – you know what? There's not enough alcohol for that either. No, not at so all. Maybe, you'll be, yeah, you'll be jumped by midway through the first quarter. <laughs> so, no, I think tonight I think tonight we have fun. We do the best we can to see how the Broncos do. But likely, guys, there's going to be massive change. Massive. There has to be massive change for the Broncos. And that stinks for a team that's missed the playoffs eight straight years, has had a losing season seven straight years, has had the worst fall off ever for a Super Bowl winning team afterwards. We're not used to that overall here in Denver. But, boy, it's starting to become common. If the Denver Broncos were a bottle of wine in 2023, what kind of bottle of wine would they be? Oh, my God, it would be box wine, like <laughs> like in the back of the store. I mean, box Boone's Farm. What are we talking about? <laughs> if, maybe it's a Mad Dog 2020, like Shannon Penn produces oh, it, maybe if, then. If, if we're lucky, it's wine spelled W-H-I-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Darren, you are a prince, my friend. Oh, it's great catching up with you, brother. Take care and be well, my man. All right. Thanks, thanks dude. Can I come in the house now, Chad? You can come in. The door's open. Come on in. Come on in, man. Come on in. Darren McKee, longtime Denver Sports Talk host. Great follow on Twitter, D-Max Sports CEO. He and Chad Brown will be watching the game at the Palatial Estates of the Brown Casa, watching the Broncos tonight as they take on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. He was here on Freddie and Harry with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. So we're going to do this again. Based on the Dallas Cowboys losing that way to San Francisco 49ers, you waited about an hour ago and you had everybody in stitches about your beat-up story. It's time for you who didn't get through the last time to get through this time at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. That time you got beat up from the feet up and you want to share that story. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. And Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman might regale you with some tales of how we got the wrong end of that business end of a beat-up. That's coming up next on Freddie and Harry with Freddie coming to Chad Brown. Keep it here and don't get beat up by ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. We blame our producer Shannon Penn for this. Because of the way the Cowboys lost on Sunday, we decided in our own, I don't want to say wisdom because that's not the right choice of words here, or word here, that what has been your favorite or best beat-up story where you were the beat-up B and not the beat-up-er? We're going to take your calls at 888-729-3776. Sort of showing solidarity to Cowboys, how they got beat by the 49ers. 888-729-3776. Share your best story of how the time that you did not get the best of that situation. Chad Brown, a guy who played in the NFL for 15 years. I ask this question with fear. What is your beat-up story? Okay. I'm at <laughs> this ought to be John good. Muir High School as a uh-huh. ninth grader. It is the off season heading into my 10th grade year. We are at seven-on-seven football practice. Uh-huh. I push a receiver 
as he catches the ball. You know, seven on seven's not padded. I'm a little overzealous mm-hmm. trying to compete with the varsity there as a young freshman. Right. Scotty Ryan yells from across the field. Don't do that, freshman. He didn't use quite those nice words. (laughs) Another pass comes to my area a few minutes later. I push the guy down again. Uh Scotty says, I'm coming in the locker room, and I'm kicking your blank after practice. Okay. I've heard trash talking on football fields before. I'm figuring this is trash talk. Mm -hmm. Coach throws Scotty out of practice. Practice is over. I get into the locker room. I'm at my locker. I'm working my combination on my lock. Scotty Ryan comes up to me, and I turn to face him because I'm thinking it's just going to be more trash talk. He hits me with the two-piece, the right left. The, the right makes my braces stick to my cheek. Ouch. The left Ouch. puts my nose on the other side of my face. Once I come to about four or five seconds later, right. I got to jump up and act like I'm big and bad and bold. Sure. So I'm trying to get at Scotty, but I am so happy in my heart of hearts that my teammates are holding me back because <laughs> I had nothing for this dude. I was clearly concussed and my nose was on the other side of my face. But here's the worst part. This is the worst part. Oh, it gets worse. The coach pulls me into his office. And, you know, I'm a freshman. I'm 14 years old. I got to get home somehow. Right. I can't catch a, a public bus with my nose on the other side of my face. No. So he says, you got to call your mom. So I'm tough up until my mom's voice gets on the phone. Uh-huh. Hey, Chad, what's going on? <gasps> mom, I got in a fight. I got my nose broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, man. <laughs> and here's, okay, it, it even gets worse. Okay. The next day, yeah. which was Friday, she made me go to school oh, no. with my nose on the other side of my face mm. and my eyes black and blue because mm. I couldn't get my nose set until on the, on the weekend. They needed the swelling to go down. Social so life I had to, killer there. I had to walk around campus with everyone asking me what happened. It was the worst experience of my John Muir football career. It's probably the worst experience of my young adult life, wow. getting my nose busted up by Scotty Ryan. <laughs> And by the way, have you seen Scotty Ryan since? I saw him at a party uh, when I was uh, at the University of Colorado. Okay. Um, and I chose not to fight him at the party, but let's say I recognized his car when I got outside the party, and his car <laughs> was not left untouched. Revenge was had. Revenge was. was had. Oh, well, if you can take out Scotty Ryan, at least take out his vehicle. There's <laughs> yes. nothing wrong with that. Triple H A E S P N eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Give us your best beat-up story that you're on the wrong end of that business in at 888-729-3776. Blast in New Mexico. What's yours? Oh, bro. Do we <laughs> really need to talk about this over the air? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we you do. do. That's why I called in. Uh, so, 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 so y'all bear with me for just a second, okay? I, I, I need to do a couple of, like, points of uh, – just understand what I'm trying to say, man, because I'm yeah. a little little nervous to talk about it. Okay, but clarification. Y'all seen Kevin Hart, right, where he does the stand-up where he says, we're good readers, we're not good fighters. Yes, yes, <laughs> we have. Yes, we have. Okay, okay. So this was like probably 15, 17, 20 years before that even came out. So I realized at that time, that I was probably better at something than fighting, okay? <laughs> so, so, so now let me get to the story. I'm living 
with a couple of buddies of mine. We're in our early 20s. You know, we have a little bachelor house. It's cool. Uh, one of my buddies has a nephew whose dad, you know, wasn't stepping up too well to the plate, didn't want nothing to do with this boy. And uh, the, the, the mom, who is my buddy's sister, comes to the house and she was like, oh, you know, and I'm not going to put no names out there, uh, you know, just for protective reasons, whatever it is. Uh, she was like, hey, so, you know, so-and-so said this, da-da-da-da-da. Well, the little boy says, I don't understand why he doesn't want to be my dad. What did I do to make him not like me? Mm. This kid's like six or seven, right? So I'm heated. So I knock on my buddy's door, and it's probably like 12 o'clock at night. I said, hey, we got to roll out, man. Like, you know, <laughs> this dude, whatever. Okay. And he's like, oh, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. I said, all right, whatever, dude. I'm going to go do it myself. All right, so speed up a little I bit. Last. To, okay, my bad, my bad. Go to dude's work. She's like, look, there's his car. I said, cool, follow him. We follow him. We get to a spot at a red light. I jump out at the red light. We're flashing lights at him. He gets out. I'm like, what's up, bro? You whoops my ass. <laughs> just, just beat the brakes off of me like the Dolphins did the freaking Broncos. And, and, Put up a 70 and, and I, looked dude, I, I looked at dude. I looked at dude. And I looked at dude, and I already knew I had enough. And I was like, bro. I was like, we we all good or what? And he looked at me, and he says, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm good, bro. I go back into the car. I got a busted lift, and then I get back to the house, and then I got to fight my buddy because I, I, I just got beat up for him. That, that's fantastic. Are we good, bro? I guess, sure. You won. I guess we are good. I'm not good, but I guess you <laughs> That's the worst. You chase somebody down in the car and they turn around. Also, no oh boy, that, that boy. And then you got to get back in your car, drive back to where you were to chase that guy down in the first place. Keep keep coming with these calls about your beat up story. The time that you saw that you had the best intentions, you thought you're gonna be the biggest, baddest. You know what? And as it turned out, you were not. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six triple eight say ESPN. And speaking of beat downs. That's how the Atlanta Braves last night losing game three. They're about to play an elimination game as coverage begins in 30 minutes. What chance do they have to make this a five-game series over the weekend? Someone who's going to be there that game tonight will give us exactly what the fever in Philadelphia is. That's next on Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown. I'm Freddie Coleman. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Welcome to the best show on your radio. An extra a, extra half an hour. Thank you very much to get you ready before Braves and Phillies game four. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We'll get to your calls about the stories involving you and how that time that you got the worst of it. In a serious fight, 888-729-3776. Your calls will come your way in about 10 minutes. But, man, what kind of fight are we going to see tonight from the Atlanta Braves after they didn't put up much of a fight in game three? They're down 2-1 to one in their series versus the Philadelphia Phillies. The winners will go on to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NLCS. Our man John Bookshambi will have the play-by-play call on Doug Glanville. Hit him on Twitter, Bookshambi, the ESPN play-by-play voice of the Major League Baseball, joining here on Freddie and Harry. John, last night, that atmosphere in Philadelphia – it looked electric and sounded electric on TV. What was it like to be there, especially the way the Phillies were able to win that game versus the Atlanta Braves in game three? 
yeah, it, it translates through the television set. In person, it's as loud as any ballpark that I've ever been in. I felt that way last year when I got a chance to do the NLCS. And, you know, they're, they're loud at, it seems like every moment, as if they're trying to to show the players on both sides their passion. And it's, it's an amazing atmosphere. It's pretty incredible. All right, John, what is it about the Phillies? How are they able to turn their games up once the postseason starts? Is it a lineup change? Are they coached differently? What is happening in that Phillies organization where they're able to do that year in and year out? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I do think that, you know, you start with uh, with Harper, and he's an elite-level player, and in his postseason career, he's been sensational. I mean, he's got the the third-highest slugging percentage in the history of postseason baseball, minimum 150 plate appearances, and the guys ahead of him are Ruth and Garrett. Wow. So, I, you know, there's just there's a lot of talent. Um, I, I'm not sure what to make of it in terms of, you know, turning it up. They're a talented team. I don't think they're as good as the Braves are, but you're talking about a, a shorter sample. And, you know, look, the, I'll put it to you this way. The longer this series goes, the more likely a scenario becomes where the Braves offensively just explode right. because that's what they do and that's who they are. Um, you know, the Phillies have a really good lineup. It's not at the level of the Braves, but it's still very good. So, you know, here tonight, the Phillies got their work cut out for them because Strider is one of the, the better starting pitchers in the National League. John Bugshami will be part of the call tonight for game four between the Braves and Phillies. Phillies lead that series two games to one. He joins Freddie Coleman and Harry and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We know about the motivation when it came to Bryce Harper after he had that base running gaff in game two and when the Atlanta Braves players said, attaboy, Bryce, and then the media made sure it got reported and he has two home runs. I think one landed in Delaware, the other one landed in the state of Florida. We know what he means to the Phillies in the city of Philadelphia. But what was it like seeing that last night with all that subtext and subplot going into that and then he delivered like that, Boog? Yeah, I mean, I do think that you look at Bryce Harper and at least to me, he's super compelling because of how the spotlight has been on him since he was 16. I mean, there, there's an aspect of it, you know, for as much as everybody loves to debate LeBron versus Jordan, and that one would go on forever, mm-hmm. I don't think it's contemplated quite enough that the degree of difficulty, forget about com- comparing the two of them, that the degree of difficulty that LeBron has had to execute his under has been far greater than what Michael had to deal with from the standpoint of LeBron's been on the cover of magazines since he was 16, and in this day and age of social media, the worst thing anybody could say about him is the decision. And it's the same thing for Bryce Harper and for both of these guys to be tabbed the second coming and then turn out to be the best player, two of the best players in the game, man, that's not easy to do, to actually live up to the hype when the hype machine is huge. I just find Harper super compelling. He's one of those guys as a baseball fan, when I walk past the TV set and he's up, I stop. Mm -hmm. There's a violence to the swing. There's an intensity that he plays with. I think he's a good example in terms of the sport. If you took someone who had never been to a baseball game before, and I don't think baseball works like this. I think if you took the average person who had never been to an NBA game, 
if you just sat there next to them, they'd be able to figure out who the best player in the court is more than likely. In baseball, it's harder that way. But I do think that if you took someone who'd never been to a baseball game before and Bryce Harper was playing, at a certain point they would figure out, yeah, that guy. There's something about that guy, the way he plays, the way he swings, the way the fans react to him. If you knew nothing, um, he's just compelling and he's super talented. And when he hits the ball 7,000 feet in a spot that everybody is hoping he's going to hit the ball 7,000 feet, it's fun to watch. All right, John, uh, the Braves have owned the regular season, but now here in the postseason they find themselves trailing in this series. What's gone wrong for the Braves and what do they need to do to force a game five? I mean, I think that tonight they're going to have to score and score early just to, to dial down some of the pressure. I don't know that anything has necessarily gone wrong. I mean, you know, I, I was talking with guys in both clubhouses. You know, in this spot, if the Braves with Strider on the mound played the A's, played the Royals, no disrespect to those teams, right. they could lose. It's the it's the thing that makes this sport different than other sports. Um so I don't know about doing anything wrong, but again, I, I just believe that the, the longer that this series goes, the more likely that they are to play up to what their their standard performance is, and that is, you know, exceptional and an historically great offensive team. So I, I do think that, you know, here tonight, I think there's a good chance that they'll get Suarez. And, you know, I think that the, the better chance is if they don't get Suarez here tonight and it turns into a tight game, I, I probably favor the, the Phillies a little bit with this crowd and, and so forth. So I, I think that, you know, for the even though Strider gives the, the Braves the advantage, I just think that they're going to have to score. And everybody's now ready for game four of that series. The Braves trailing in that series 2-1 of the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies going for a trying to go for a back-to-back year, so taking out the Braves in the National League playoffs. And John Bookshami will be part of the call as the ESPN Major League Baseball play-by-play voice. Always great to catch up with him to get ready for game four tonight between the Braves and Phillies on Freddie and Harry. Always a pleasure, Book. Take care and have a great game tonight with you and Doug Glanville, okay? Great to talk to you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, everybody's excited about that unless you're an Atlanta Braves fan and you're hoping that this is not going to be the end of your season trying to force a game five over the weekend. Like we mentioned, coverage of that game happens in 20 minutes right here on ESPN Radio. After we're done here on Freddie and Harry, Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. By the way, don't forget the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. All the postseason action, every pitch, every run, every hit, every out on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So you've done it to us. But we've allowed you to do it to us in terms of what was done to you in the past when it comes to getting beaten up and you do not mind sharing your stories. That's part of in other news. You become that in other news at 888-729-3776. Your best are you getting beating up and living to tell the tale. 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This may be the most original reminiscing I think that anybody's ever done in history ESPN Radio with Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, also on the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It all started because of the San Francisco 49ers, the whooping they put on the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, 42 to 10. And it's led us here at 888-729-3776. Your worst beatdown story that happened to you, where you said to yourself, I'm the biggest, baddest Mo Blank in the building. And then you left that building or were carried out of that building. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Before we get to that, Shannon Penn, our producer, 
He's the one that started this. Well, oh, wow. you have to. You did start this. You put the idea in our heads, and we just ran into the fields with it. Your beat-down story, my friend, what Give happened to you? Shannon, All right, so I wasn't exactly beat-down, per se, right. but I did get punched a couple times. Okay. Okay, see, what happened was, as we're, remi- <laughs> as, as we're reminiscing, I'll go back to the year, it was 1993. Uh-huh. So in New York at the time, they had these things called baby hats, right? Well, it's these hats that go over oh, your yeah. ear, like ski hats almost, right? Mm-hmm. So here I was, after school, waiting for the bus. I was on Troop Avenue between Troop, and it was Troop between Green and Lafayette. So I'm waiting for the bus or whatever, right? I didn't have my baby hat on. I had it, like, tucked under my arm. These two dudes walk by, and one snatches my hat and run. Mind you, that was a big deal in the 90s. That's like an eight-ball jacket, like a Jansport Mm -hmm. book bag. It was a big thing. So when I realized that the dude took my hat, I ran after the two dudes. So I caught up to the two dudes. And so then the one had my hat. I'm looking at him. His boy goes around me. Grabs me by the arms, and then the dude punches me twice in my stomach. Ouch. I fall to the ground, and then he throws my hat at me with such disgust. Like a reverse mugging. I was hurt. I was hurt, but I got my hat back, though. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> I got my hat back. I'm spitting up blood, but at least I got my hat back as far as said and done. How about Shannon showing in the wheels and taking that punch like a champ? Not just hey. once, but twice. His liver was bruised, though. Yeah, but the- I mean that was the same year that the dudes tried to steal my 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 Air Diamond turf, my Deion Sanders. They were fresh too, because like at the time uh-huh. yeah. there was only two colors that came out. I had the new turquoise, yeah, the, new turquoise. the yeah. new turquoise color or whatever. I'm feeling fresh, and these dudes try to steal my sneakers not once but twice. I was fast. Now what grade was this? It was sixth grade. That's it was worst, hard, man. That's a rough year, man. You had a rough sixth grade. Most people just go through puberty in sixth grade. Not you. You went through battles in Brooklyn trying to save your life and save your sneakers and anything else you had on your head. Did so- I have a t- Go Did ahead. I ever tell you about the time the dude with the machete chased my cousin and I? Wait a minute. I'll save that for another time. Yeah, I want to hear that. That's off the air conversation there. Philip in Pennsylvania, 888-729-3776. Phil, what is your beat-up story, my friend? Hey, hey, uh, good evening. Um, 86, I was in the Army over in Germany. Okay, uh-oh. And was playing on a post-level um, post-level. Um, softball team going to a tournament going to ramstein air force base mm-hmm. so playing the tournament so we it's a, a weekend tournament so we make it to saturday night so we go to the listed men club so you know it was, we're having a few drinks and, and dancing but how am i supposed to know that the woman i'm dancing with and everything is somebody else's woman uh-uh. oh. i'm on opp uh Tremendous. So, so next thing I know, I'm moving furniture. I'm, I'm trying to move the furniture. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm so, still hey, that. I'm still that line. <laughs> oh, so. So the next day, we still have a tournament, though. Okay. Well, you know, we got to play the next morning, right? Right. We played it. We played that team, and the dude name was Stretch. <laughs> he hit a fly ball that they're still looking for. <laughs> and we got beat down 40 to 13 after, after getting beat down the oh, night before. Oh, man. <laughs> the double beat down. Wow. Poor fellow in Pennsylvania. This one thing happened the night before a fight, but then the day after – Will you lose like that? Oh, my goodness. Tony in Alabama, man. What's your beat-down story? 
Hey, guys, I'm going to age myself a little bit right here. Okay. But as a kid growing up in the 60s and 70s, especially this is around 73, 74, everybody's hero was Muhammad Ali. Sure. But now in the, in the neighborhood, around the community, I was that guy. I was that athlete. I was generally the best football player, the best basketball player, the best baseball player. But we had a little community center down there, and there's a kid in there by the name of a little, a little Polish kid by the name of Chris Mozinski, who was a Golden Gloves boxer. <laughs> and I got the bright idea that I could handle this kid. I watch Ali. <laughs> I get in the ring. I get in the ring. And this is before you got to understand, there were no headgears and all that. There were no safes and stuff. They just threw the kids in there. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm dancing, dancing. And I stopped to throw one punch. <laughs> and he hit me in my side. And as I started to bend over, he hit me in my jaw. And the next thing I remember was the first time in my life I smelled smelling salt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's never good when you're coming to me like, what is this smell? Bringing you back to life. (laughs) A friend of mine tried to get in the ring with a boxer, and they had like, you know how there was exhibitions and everything? I said, you know, be careful. You know, I'll be fine. We got head gear on everything. And he got in touch with his inner, you know, like whatever. And the boxing him twice in the chest, he said, oh, yeah. After that, he realized these guys don't play around. They know how to hit and be hit. Mm-mm. Some Mm-mm. people ain't built for that life. No. <laughs> or have somebody in your life in a boxing ring, as far as that goes. Yes. Andy in New York, what is your beat-up story, my friend? Yeah. Uh, so I'm originally from Michigan. I went to a small D3 school called Hope College. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one of the oldest football conferences in America. But really what that meant was that whoever won our conference got to get beat down in the first round of the D3 playoff. Okay. And uh, the year that I played, uh, we went and played Mount Union, which had a wide receiver by the name of Pierre Garçon. Okay. I was a a sophomore, and uh, our starting free safety went out in the first quarter. I had to play the rest of the game. And this dude – Told us, told me the route, the play, everything that was going to happen <laughs> before the play started. Uh, oh. And then we'll go. I distinctly remember he lines up. Uh, it's a it's a man blitz, so I had to like come down and cover him one on one. He said, "Oh, uh, I'm going to run a fade to the back corner of the end zone. Try to keep up. I'll make you look good. <laughs> and uh, I'll even tell I'll even tell you when to jump." And uh, so the last thing I remember is seeing his, his, his cleat laces in my face mask as he's just like completely, uh, you know, entire ankles uh, above me uh, catching a touchdown. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Guys, this is the route I'm going to run. And by the way, you, I'll, I'll slow down so you can keep up. And it's going to beat you anyway. I'll even tell you when to jump. That's a big deal. Wow, man. Yes. Pierre Garçon had no chill and had no sympathy <laughs> for that opposing player. Shame on you, Pierre Garçon, but thanks for the story. Chris in Virginia, my friend, what is your beatdown story? Hey, so uh, great show, by the way. I'm enjoying it. Appreciate it's, you, Chris. Uh, thanks, thanks Chris. My, my story comes from playing rugby back over in the UK. Uh-oh. Um, so I'm a big guy, right? I'm 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, I like to say I'm 280. I'm probably a bit more than that now. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, often there's, you know, fighting going on in rugby, all this sort of stuff. And one of the opposition players had one of my teammates, a bit like ice hockey star, right? Bent over with his shirt, pulled oh, back, and just 
laying into him. And uh, I'm about 15, 20 yards away. I come running in. I hit this guy as hard as I could. And I thought, you know, that's it. That's all it's going to take. He turned to me, pointed at me and goes, you're next. <laughs> um, I tell you now, <laughs> I, I said to the coach, get me off. I know you know, my hamstring's gone. Get me off, get me off. Get me off. Suddenly off. Not to fake the injury. <laughs> Can you basically, you're next. Yeah, coach, man, I'm not feeling well. Hamstring's bothering can you imagine Coach Lee saying, oh, I saw that you got to stay out there and handle your business. You got to take the – his coach said, yeah, no problem. You got to get out. I'm going to save your life. <laughs> By the way, rugby people, male or female, no one to play with. I'm telling you right now. I, I've heard many stories about rugby players where you get into it with them and you never lived it, You never lived to see the end of that tale. Mm-hmm. One final one from Mike in Los Angeles. Mike, what's your beat-up story, my friend? Hey, fellas. Always enjoy you, man. Always enjoy you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Appreciate and you. So, dude, I get back from Vietnam, right, with my buds. And uh, and my buds, a couple of my buds were African-American dudes, so they said, come on down home with us and get some good food. So we're down in South Central. This is in 71. And and we're hanging out on the corner and drinking a little, little wine out of the bottle. And, and these cops come up. And they look at me and they say, hey, man, what are you doing hanging around with these bad word thing? You know what I'm saying? Got it. Yeah. And I said, these, these are my friends, man. We just got back from Vietnam. And this cop starts getting crazy, dude. He beat my ass because I was hanging out with some of my black friends. Really? Man. And I know this ain't a funny story, but no, that happened to me, bro. That wow. happened to me. And then my friends tried to jump in. And, of course, they beat the hell out of them. But I didn't mean to give you a sad story, but, but I, I've been affected to that from that to, to this day, my brother. Wow. Mike, wow. Goodness. Mike, Mike and L.A., we appreciate you sharing the story. That's, I mean, it may be a downer, but you know, come on. I mean, unfortunately, Mike's probably not the only one that's gone through that kind of experience when right, it comes to that, Jack. Right. But wow. thank you, Mike, and for your friends, for your service, for sure. Amen, uh, number yes, one, yes. Not, not the kind of welcome home Jeez, you Mike. deserved. Yes, he didn't set it up like that. He was like, yeah, I'm a white guy hanging out in South Central L.A. in the 70s. I ain't know it was going to get all serious like that. Well, it's serious in South Central L.A. Yes. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. It's always yeah, exactly. serious in South Central. Have we not learned anything from, you know, Jason's lyric back in Houston? Or, you know, I mean, come on now. In certain areas, no matter what you are or where you've been or who you with. Right. I mean, you know, there's one thing we've all shared today. What's Chad that? shared the story. I shared a story. Mm-hmm. Freddie, you haven't you shared a story yet, Freddie. Oh, Anthony Keeling, seventh grade, going to Calvary and St. Cyprian's in Brooklyn, New York. And he was definitely the heavyweight champ of the, of the class, let's put it <laughs> that way. And I had just gotten promoted through two grades, the fifth through the seventh grade. Apparently, that was more than enough for Anthony Keeling to have me in his sights. Right after recess, ambushed me. And he oh. put it on me, no question about it. No one came to help me because they're all afraid of him. I saw this fool three years later. Hey, Fred, how you doing? It's Anthony Keeling. And I got frontier justice after that. <laughs> I got frontier justice on him as far as that goes. Chad, always a pleasure, my man. Have a great weekend, brother. This was wonderful, man. Thank you. No doubt about it. We'll see if the Braves can avoid getting beat up and getting out of the series. Braves and Phillies comes your way next. That's next on the mighty ESPN Radio. Help. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 
You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.